You're listening to the Vendo Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Vendo Podcast. I'm joined today by none other than the Amazon mastermind himself, Mr. Kevin King. Kevin, welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. Just appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I recently came off another uh, billion dollar stellar summit attendance that Kevin put together a couple of years ago. Uh, but I'll let Kevin introduce himself. So Kevin, please, for our audience, give a little bit of background. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, the, the event, uh, we just did the virtual billion dollar seller summit uh, uh, just recently, and uh, you were at the first uh, in-person one a few years ago. Uh, but so I, I do that. Uh, I also uh, involved, uh, I've been selling e-commerce since the early, uh, since before Google existed. Been on, uh, so back in the 90s, uh, back uh, back before there was Google, back when it was Alta Vista and uh Lycos, and I think, I uh, can't remember all the, the different search engines back there, kind of dating my age, but started selling on Amazon in 2001, doing the FBA model in around 2015. I'm, I'm involved in a, a number of different Amazon businesses, some that I own, some my partners at. Uh, I also do uh, training for, for new sellers, a course called The Freedom Ticket that I partnered with uh, Helium 10, uh, one of the big software companies in the space to do. Uh, and I do their advanced training called Helium 10 Elite, which is a monthly, like a kind of little mastermind every month with three or four different speakers. And I do some uh, ninja hacks, run the Billion Dollar Seller Summit, like you said, twice a year. Uh, and then also uh, partners with Steve Simons and a company called Product Savants, where we help uh, experienced sellers discover uh, new opportunities. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for that. Yes, uh, definitely. I would encourage everyone to check out, especially Helium 10. A lot of our clients use Helium 10. And um, I would say the mastermind group that you run, the elite training is probably one of the most comprehensive courses out there. So definitely encourage our audience to check that out if they get a chance. What is, what is your opinion today on Amazon in terms of, you know, is it saturated? Uh, are people still able to be successful on the platform? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's better than ever. Uh, is it easy like it used to be? Absolutely not. Is it saturated on some of the lower end, uh, cheaper items? Yeah, it is uh, very competitive and very saturated. Are there a lot of people trying to jump into this because they, you know, they, they see some course or they see some come across their Facebook and they, they think it's a field of dreams and they hear stories of people getting rich and uh, you don't have to work much and all that's, uh, I mean, some people do get rich, but you don't have to work much is, is, is not true. I mean, maybe in 2013 or 14, you could stick your logo on a, on a spatula and, uh, and, and go sit on the beach and actually make a lot of money, but those days are long gone. But if you've got a real brand, and you're treating, treating this as a real business, um, the opportunities are better than ever right now. Uh, I mean, can't, you can start you know, small and just have a little side hustle, or you can get into this uh, feet first with a lot of money. And I think uh, Amazon's moving more towards a branding space, and so there, a lot of their features and everything are more towards the branding. I think differentiation uh, is, is critical. So the guys that are just going to Alibaba and finding a product and sticking their label on it, that's becoming harder, but if you get a true product, a true original, a true innovation, um, I think uh, there's tremendous opportunity. I mean, Amazon still is the big fish. You know, you're, some of your clients and stuff, you'll, you'll help them on Walmart and some of the other places. And, and some people do pretty well in Walmart, but most people I like to talk to are still struggling a little bit to get that, that footing. Uh, so Amazon is still the, the big fish and uh, in, in, in the, in the, uh, out there. Uh, and it's, as you can see by all the aggregators, uh, all the private equity money that's coming into this space right now, a lot of people are taking it pretty pretty seriously. Um, and it's going to evolve, but uh, yeah, the opportunities I think better than ever uh, on Amazon. 
what do you think about all those aggregators like the Frasios, Elevate Brand, Perch, you know, all those players? What, how do you think that's going? I don't know what they're doing. I think, um, you know, Thrasio actually knows what they're doing. Uh, and there, there's so, so, several of the others that actually uh, are either know what they're doing or they're figuring it out. But I think a lot of them are going are gonna to fail. Uh, there's just too many of them. I think uh, Marketplace Pulse has a list and it's 40 some odd uh, on that list. And there's more that aren't even on that list that keep popping up. So everybody's seeing what Thrasio's done, the amount of money that they've raised, and everybody wants a piece of this pie, which is good for a seller that's selling because you can, um, should in theory be able to get uh, more offers and a higher multiple right now. But I think uh, I think there's going to be a shakeout and a consolidation among those guys. You know, I, I was actually on the board of advisors for 101 Commerce, which actually started about three years ago. It's one of the first guys in the space. They were the, the original Thrasio, or that, actually there's one person before them, but they were one of the originals and, and they could, that when they got into it and uh, Richard who ran that uh, and organized that, they raised quite a bit of money, they bought a bunch of businesses and they realized how hard it is to actually run these Amazon businesses. I mean, you guys know that's why clients come to you. This is not easy. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of different things you gotta know from logistics to marketing to, uh, to listings to dealing with Amazon BS. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, so they're finding that out the hard way, and, and I don't think they're all, a lot of them are going to succeed. But ones like Thrasio or, or uh, you know, they got a good team, uh, they, they're figuring it out, and they're kind of leading the way. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, there's a lot that can go wrong on Amazon. What, you know, right now, because of a lot of the changes, right, with reviews and other things that Amazon's making, what do you think some of the top sellers are doing right, and what are they doing wrong? Um, well, the top sellers... Um, the thing to do right is stay away from a lot of the black hat stuff. I mean, some of them, some of the top sellers are doing that still out of China, but that's not the way to really, really build a found a, a, a business built on a good foundation. So those those guys, uh, uh, you know, play play by the rules, but play smart. Uh, you know, with your innovation, uh, with your marketing. You know, Thrasio is trying to, for example, they're trying to own the whole thing. You know, they got their own uh, rebate club. You know, they got their own marketing team that's doing all the SEO. They got very specific people and they're, they're, they're bringing in all these things under one roof and able to consolidate on shipments, able to consolidate on manpower and, and, and knowledge they learned from one. But uh, so, I mean, it's still Amazon, you know, it's still, it's their playground. It's not our sandbox, you know, and, and we're just a guest in their house and they can kick us out anytime. And that's always a risk at selling on Amazon. So that's why a lot of people say that you got to diversify and get off. But for most people, if, if their Amazon business goes down, if they're e-commerce and they're, they're focused on like say Amazon and Walmart and a few others, their Amazon business goes down, they're still screwed. Uh, I mean, because Walmart typically is a few percentages to maybe 30 or 40% for some people of, of their sales. And you're still gonna have to make changes. Um, so that's how dependent everybody is on Amazon right now. Uh, and so trying to stay, just stay on top of all their latest changes and their rules, and it's evolving quick. Uh, and you can get caught still, even doing all that, you can get caught up in the algorithms. You know, you get the wrong word in your listing, you get shut down, you get a pesticide claim, or, uh, you know, have, have to fight, or one or two idiot customers says something stupid and it flags the algorithm and you gotta fight it. So knowing how to deal with all that is critical in today's world. And, and having resources, you know, people with experience or someone you can go to that can help you get that back up. Because Amazon's just grown so big, it's not that they're deliberately trying to screw with everybody, but they just grown so big, it's just unwieldy and, and hard to manage. Yeah, we, we've started internally tracking certain keywords that are flagging past the stop 
things on the list of our clients. To your point, it can bring your business down for days, if not weeks. So um, that's a real threat to those aggregators' business, especially as they have a higher percentage on Amazon. On the Black Hat side of things, uh, it's, it's something I, I don't hear you talk a lot about in terms of like hacks, right? You're known for the ninja hacks, uh, white hat type of stuff. I'm just curious, do you have any anecdotes about some black hat tactics that our, our audience should be aware of or just stories? Yeah, I mean, some of the black hat stuff, I mean, the big one's merging listings, you know, finding a, a big one that, China, that is, but this is mostly China. And there's some other people do it, but it's, it's heavily dominated by Chinese sellers. They're, they'll find an old listing that maybe I was selling a, you know, a, a pancake maker three years ago and I got it up to 600 reviews and it's four and a half stars. And, I just kind of abandoned the product and never deleted it off the Amazon system. They have ways to actually go and find those products, actually change the entire listing and then merge it with their new uh, blender or whatever. And so most people don't, don't look deep into the reviews. A lot of people only look at the first page or two of the reviews, the top voted ones up, or maybe the top pay, first page of negative and the first page of positive. And those guys have figured out ways to get reviews into those spots. So it all says blender, but if you go down deeper, it's all talking about a pancake maker, but most people, and a lot of people don't even read all the reviews. They just look at the star rating. And so if they, they can get that star rating high enough by and enough reviews, they, they can launch a product. And so a lot of them are doing that kind of thing. A lot of them will go in on the, the cheaper stuff uh, because they figure, you know, something cost me a dollar and I can sell it for 12 99 on Amazon. Let me open up 10 different accounts. Uh, seller central accounts and eat on each one of them i'll keep squeaky clean uh and put 10 units in it and the other nine you know let's put 50 units in each one and let's do all kinds of crazy ranking stuff uh and who cares if uh if eight of those nine or all nine of those go down uh at least i got it ranked got some reviews and along the way i'm merging it to like squeaky clean one um and there, there's tactics like that there's um there's all kinds of stuff that's going on out there Amazon's getting better at, at, at catching it and policing it, and they've made a bunch of changes, but it's pop a mole. As soon as you not find one, another one pops up. Yeah, we deal with quite a bit of that in click farms and review upvoting and downvoting and all those Chinese seller tactics, to your point. What about uh, on the external side of things? Smaller price stuff, because you know, if the item costs you a buck or two and, you, and your account gets shut down, you don't care uh, you know, what you lost, but you'll find that on the higher price. So that's why I tend to go things that have a, a cost of goods of 20 bucks and up, uh, uh, 15, 20 bucks and up, typically you see less of that uh, than you do on the lower price because it's higher risk if they're gonna play those games that they could lose a lot more money in the inventory. And so they're, that those are usually a little bit safer bets. Yeah, heavily commoditized kind of things like fidget spinners and you know the trends and fads that everyone comes race to the bottom. But yeah. what, what about on the external traffic side of things? Are you? You know, I know that's a big topic now, like Casey talked about that uh, on a lot of podcasts. Um, what's your thoughts on driving external back to Amazon, or are you still a big on Amazon PPC believer? I think people should focus on Amazon initially uh, and maximize that before going outside. The only exception is for launch. When you're launching, if you don't have an audience, you don't have a list, if you don't have something that you, uh, you can go to to help you get that initial launch, going to outside traffic is pretty critical. And like what Casey, you know, he showed the billion dollar seller something. He actually was a winning presentation, showed how to do some Google to uh, Amazon uh, stuff. That uh, was pretty incredible. And it could really give you a bump. And Amazon likes that outside traffic. And they like you paying to send it because they know that if, if someone clicks to come over, they might not buy your, your spatula, but they might go buy some uh, 
uh, some a toothbrush or something else, you know, and so they get that they're still a cellmate. And so Amazon wants those eyeballs constantly coming in, so they kind of reward that kind of stuff. And uh, like Casey showed, there's there's ways to actually get even um, a double or triple reward for that uh, if you, if you do it in a certain way. And so that that's I, I, outside traffic, I think, is great uh, for for those purposes for for launching uh, and getting keyword rank. But after that, why would you might as well send that traffic to your own website if you're set up for your own fulfillment instead of paying Amazon a 15% fee. Uh, uh, unless it just doesn't make sense. In some cases, it may cost you more to do your, use your own 3PL, including Amazon's fees and what you have to pay to ship it than just let Amazon do it. So depending on your situation, uh, it may be, be better to drive that traffic after launch, outside traffic to your own Shopify or drive it to Amazon at first. And then if you're on Walmart, drive it to Walmart, get that ranking, and then drive it to your own. Um, you just got to do the math. Sometimes it depends on your item. You know, sometimes it's, like I said, sometimes it's just cheaper to just let Amazon mess with it all. Yeah, and, and on the social media influencer side of things, I'm seeing more and more of that, especially with Amazon leaning into posts and other things like that. So what was your take on social media and influencer marketing traffic and, and giveaways? I played with the Amazon posts, and, you know, we don't see much of a lift off of that in sales. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit, but I, I don't think posts are like some uh, great cure-all for on Amazon, but the outside influencer stuff can be. You know, you, you can, like what Tim showed at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit, some of the tactics he showed about using influencers and in, on YouTube and some different places, um, I think that can be powerful uh, and can drive it. And I think you're going to start seeing more of a movement towards video on Amazon. I mean, you already see it with videos showing up in listings and Amazon encouraging that and letting more people do it. But with Amazon Live, you know, it's still kind of in its infancy right now. But I think a few years from now, there's going to be at least a section of Amazon that's almost like a QVC or like a uh, infomercial type of thing. And I, I think there's something coming there. And I think they may actually start taking some of that, even putting it on Prime, you know, as commercials, you know, you're watching a, some show on Prime, you know, on your local TV station that's coming through Prime or whatever. And there's a 30 second uh, ad there for, for uh, some products sold on Amazon instead of, uh, you know, for your local car dealership or whatever. And you can just tell Alexa, Alexa, buy it or tell your TV buy it, add to cart or whatever right there. I, I think that's coming, um, it, but it's it's early right now. Uh, but I think, I think we're going to see more and more of that. But, I mean, the traditional search and everything's not going to go away. And I think it's still going to be dominant, but I think you're going to see video, uh, and video slash TV, however you want to call it, uh, being a more of a, a dominant, uh, bigger player, and especially in some categories. Yeah, absolutely. What What's your take on the international side of Amazon, right? The different marketplaces that are, and I mean, it feels like they're launching a new international marketplace every day, Poland being one of the latest. Uh, do you sell a lot internationally? I do Canada right now, and I'm set up in the UK. I haven't actually made the plunge over to the UK, but I've, I've been set up for a couple of years there in a couple of my businesses. I'm getting ready to, one of my companies uh, this later this year is going to be starting in the UK. We're not starting in the US, starting in the UK. I typically focus on the U.S. and it keeps me pretty busy. And then I, I go into Canada just because it's easy. But I, the U.K., Germany, Japan are all, from my, the people that I know that are selling there, are all really good markets. Uh, you know, Italy and France and Spain and Poland, Netherlands, Australia. Some of these little other ones are, are smaller, but uh, um, they're growing. And so it just depends on you know if you want to. If it's worth your time to, to go in there and the hassle right now, but th those are growing. They're never going to be what the U.S. is. The one that has the biggest potential probably is if they come up with some way to do it. Uh, Asia, you know, besides besides China, but all that whole oh, Indonesia, 
Um, you know, I, I know they're doing Singapore right now. If they can figure out a way to get Indonesia and Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, that whole region there outside of China, or Asia, minus China and Japan, I, I think that could be huge uh, as well. Uh, India looks like it's uh, going to actually might be a, a, a good one um, once they get some of the bugs and stuff, logistics worked out. So, yeah, there's, there's tremendous opportunity internationally, uh, tremendous um, just for quite a few products. Yeah, no, uh, and we have a lot of clients that do sell internationally. So interesting there. What you talked about diversification earlier, right? Off platform. Do you do a lot of like Shopify or Walmart.com or other channels, or you know, how do you play off of Amazon, if at all? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I've done some. I'm not doing Walmart right now. I did Walmart on two of my companies, and it just wasn't worth my time. I should probably revisit it. This was four years ago when I first started. I was one of the first thousand that, or you, know, you had to go through a big approval process and stuff to get in there. Um, they looked at your Amazon, you know, seller feedback and you had to have so many and certain score and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I have Shopify sites for everything with the sales that come through there are minuscule. Um, I don't really promote them, but they're more just for legitimacy or someone that wants to pay by PayPal. I uh, doesn't have a bad experience with Amazon or, or whatever. Uh, you know, I do some stuff on one of my companies on eBay. It's a good audience for eBay is a great audience uh, for one of my companies. Um, but um, other than that, uh, we do some retail on, on some of ours, uh, but you know, wholesale out to, to retail places. Uh, but it's not a major focus right now. I mean, I do have a brand coming um, later this year that is going to have probably a 40 to 50 percent wholesale uh, out to retail focus on it. Uh, but it's a, it's a different type of product. Um, and, and we already have the distribution and stuff in place for it. And that's, that's a key component of, a, of building this brand. Got it. And we love it. I love the case study you gave during the summer on, on the brand that you were working on with Steve. So that was really cool to see. Kind of the evolution. I know, I know you haven't shared the name yet publicly, but that was a really cool case study. Um, to share. Yeah, absolutely. Well, going back a stack, uh, we were talking external traffic, but on Amazon, organic versus PPC, are you seeing the shift happen where there's more ranking juice applied to PPC versus organic? I don't know if there's more ranking juice. I mean, it would make sense. I, I haven't seen it. I, I, a lot of people talk about that. I haven't seen hard evidence that there's more ranking juice, but I am seeing that PPC or, or pay, you know, paid ads on Amazon are becoming more and more important. They're taking up more and more of the real estate and they're becoming more important. So it's an important thing that a lot of people are going to have to factor into their cost structure and factor into um, to their process of actually getting discovered on Amazon. You know, it used to be just a couple of little ones at the top or the bottom. Now it's they're all over the place, and I could see Amazon. It makes sense for them, you know. Uh, just like in a, a grocery store, people pay slotting fees. You want some cereal like that, uh, on the end cap uh, where everybody sees it. Um, you got to pay for it, uh, you know. And, and concessions or slotting fees, um, or you want to be in the flyer that goes out in the, uh, the Sunday flyer and show that your Fritos are are on sale. You got to pay a co-op fee. Um, so I think Amazon's gonna be is moving more to that direction, and why not? It's free money for them. Uh, why should they give it away when they can charge for it? And people are willing to pay for that positioning. So I think you're gonna see organic actually continue to go down. And it, at some point, you know, if there's 24 listings on a page, maybe six or eight of them are organic, and the rest are all paid positions. I can see that coming. Well, I, I know we employ chatbots and, you know, you know, giveaways and things and some of our strategies. Uh, do you still employ some of those types of tactics or are you strictly kind of launch organic? Do I, no, I, 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 I launch a new product? It's a, 
it's a heavy dose of PPC on Amazon. It's also uh, uh, I use some of the uh, the search find the rank uh, the rebate services, mm -hmm. uh, and in conjunction with that, we do some uh, some main chat Facebook stuff. And I have not been doing the Google stuff, but I'm based on what Casey showed. I'm gonna start doing the billion dollar seller something. I'm gonna start doing some of that. Yeah, we we've, we've definitely started testing a lot of the uh, external traffic. So I appreciate that the heads up from Casey there for sure. Uh, it definitely wouldn't be a conversation with Kevin King if I didn't add a couple of ninja hacks for our audience before I let you go. So maybe one or two or anything that comes to top of mind that you want to share with the, with the audience would be great. Ninja hacks. Um, make sure, uh, oh man, what's a, what's a good ninja hack that I could share? Man, my, my brain is shot. Um, what's a good one uh, for the audience? Um, I mean, like, if you haven't had, turned on the category listing report, you should actually have send it to Amazon and have them turn on that category listing report. Category, it'll, they'll turn it on for a few days to a week or so. You can download that in your reports. It's kind of like a blueprint of your listing, and you can check that to see where you may have some fields that are not filled in, some of the sorting that's not filled in. Uh, that that could be a great one. Uh, and you can also make sure you're in the right uh, node uh, in there because there, there's a little uh, – if, if it's all lowercase letters and all and not uppercase letters, um, that means that you, if Amazon did a big update on the relevant stuff and they, they went and manually changed some of this stuff and some of it was scripted, but they missed some things. So if you're not getting some impressions on some of your PPC or not showing up correctly on some keywords that you think you may, you may actually still have the old uh, category, uh, I forget the exact name for it. I have to look at uh, the, category identifier might actually be in lowercase instead of uppercase. Uppercase means it's a new version, lowercase means it's the old version. And you can just open up a ticket to, and have that uh, updated by seller support. Uh, and that can actually make a difference on, on some of your rankings. And I think it's, I think I might actually share that the billion dollar seller summit. I think it was uh, one of the 50 ninja hacks that I shared yeah. there. It, it, yeah, I think it was one of the 50 ninja hacks. I, uh, I know you probably got some of hacks that came from the audience. We had over a hundred hacks. We had a hack contest with a cash prize and uh, we had uh, over a hundred submitted. And uh, unfortunately, a bunch of them came in after the deadline. We had a deadline so we could pick, uh, you know, cause everybody can't present all these, but we wanted to pick like 20 of them to present on stage. And there's a lot of good ones that came in after those 20 that got to, to go on stage. And so everybody that submitted a hack actually got that, got the entire list. And there's some really good stuff in there um, that, so, but that's only for billion dollar seller summit uh, folks who submitted a hack. So that's the advantage of going to these types of events, you know, and getting out there, whether it's virtual or whether it's in person, once those start happening again, is I highly recommend get out there and network. Um, I mean, a lot of people just keep their head down and just sit at their desk and read Facebook and a few blog posts and stuff that come in. But when you go out to these events and actually meet and talk with other people, that's when a lot of really cool stuff can be discovered and new partnerships can be made and you can really alter your business dramatically in a positive way. Yeah, it seems Clubhouse is really facilitating some virtual networking. I, I know you're on there. Um, have you, uh, you, I know you've set up some meeting links and things, but you finding that helpful to network more like through Clubhouse? Clubhouse, it's more for me right now. Um, I am doing it. It's more providing value. It's more of a, for me, because a lot of clubhouses I'm on, like I have one here as soon as we finish uh, uh, this, um, that I do every Tuesday with Bradley from Hidden 10. It's more of a question and answer type of thing. Just, it's more for new people to help them out. You know, I don't know where it's gonna go. Um, 
but because you can't demonstrate, you know, there's one thing where you can see someone walk you through a hack or show you, but they, everything has to be explained uh, by audio. So that limits it some, but the, yeah, there's one that happens, uh, Rana does one on, I think he's doing one, on, I think it's every other Friday, and that one's pretty high level. So he doesn't actually take too many questions from the audience, so you don't get the, the people saying, how much money do I need to sell on Amazon, but you can get a lot of really experienced people in there sharing a lot of really cool stuff. So those, yeah, I forgot, uh, I'm seeing some really good value uh, from that. And it's kind of like a substitute for the in-person stuff, I know, kind of it gives you that little fix until we can all, hang out together again and sit around the bar and swap war stories. Well, I, I can't wait to be in person again and, and look forward to the next million dollars coming, uh, buy your beer, uh, obviously, at any other trade show, things like that. Tell, uh, tell our audience, how can they get in touch with you? How can they reach you? Um, yeah, probably the best way is just follow me on Facebook. Uh, you know, if you just go to Facebook and look for Kevin King, um, or you go to amzmarketer.com, I think that reforwards to my, that, that automatically forwards to my Facebook page, AMZ market.com that's probably uh the best way and i post there when, whenever something interesting is happening yeah and the next billion dollar seller summit's going to happen in person i believe in september right yes in september uh you know barring any pandemic issues that uh you know a few people might not be able to come internationally but i think it's going to be fine for most 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 of europe and the u.s uh but yeah it's a uh, middle september 16th to the 20th uh in austin awesome well kevin thank you again so much for your time really appreciate you being on Bendo podcast so thanks kevin and uh just to the rest of our audience remember protect your brand and sell more all right awesome thanks bye-bye